Welcome to the Mindful Dietitian interview series. I'm Fiona Sutherland, dietitian from Melbourne, Australia and director of the Mindful Dietitian. Please join me as I interview dietitians from all over the world who are experts in health at every size, the non-diet approach and mindfulness-based practice. These are a collection of interviews by a dietitian for dietitians and nutritionists so that we can build a strong community of wonderful professionals who share an inclusive vision of well-being for everybody in everybody. Thanks so much for joining me. Hey everyone and welcome back to this next episode of the Mindful Dietitian interview series. So this week I had the enormous pleasure and privilege of speaking with our colleague and my friend Susan Williams who is an accredited practicing dietitian. She's also a haze and non-diet specialist from Sydney in Australia. So Susan isn't just a dietitian, she's not just a powerhouse mother of three girls but she's also what we now call a haze ninja warrior. And if you want to know exactly what that is, then you better tune in. Yes, it involves black, it involves darkness, and it involves some suitable naughtiness and a very strong pushback against the bullshittery that is diet culture. So listen on, folks, and hear how you too can be a ninja warrior. So Susan, um, interestingly, when I asked her to send me through what she feels like she does because I know Susan quite well so I thought oh I can introduce her very easily but it was it, it was so beautiful what she wrote about herself so um, Susan was telling me that when she was um, at a networking do and she was describing the way that she works and the lady who she was speaking to described Susan as someone who helps feet people feel good about themselves and it occurred to Susan that she'd never thought about what she did in those ways and um, but now feeling good about yourself is now the byline for Susan's business so Susan describes it as I work with people to find peace with food and their body to help them find their way back out of the maze of rules beliefs unhelpful self-talk back to a place where they can take care of themselves authentically respectfully and compassionately. I love to see the relief, the joy and the light come back to people as they move away from dieting. It fills my heart to hear people talk with pride and surprise about their latest eating discovery, how their body is trustworthy and how the shackles of weight focus are falling away. Well, I thought that was just a really beautiful way to describe what being a non-diet dietitian is really like. So you can find Susan at www.zestnutrition.com.au and on Instagram at as at this zesty life so I hope you really enjoy this interview I loved talking to Susan and hopefully you'll get a few chuckles along the way enjoy everybody bye hey Susan welcome to the mindful dietitian it has been quite a while that I've been hassling you to come on so it's fabulous to have you <laughs> thanks Faye it's so good to be here well, I, with, no, with, I have to say, mm -hmm. I was listening to you in the car talking to Anita Johnson and I was just like, oh my goodness, me and Anita Johnson. <laughs> really? <laughs> Did you think that would ever happen? No, I can't say so. I can't say that I thought I'd be on the same bill, but I'm very flattered. Yes. <laughs> I'm putting it straight on my bio now. <laughs> so you should too. In fact, that's something we should all do is who, who we're friends with on Facebook, who we follow on Instagram, and then just pretend they're just part of our life. Oh, for sure. They are. 
What do you mean? Then pretend. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag besties. Oh, totes. <laughs> <laughs> So, Susan, we've got potentially a million things to talk about, and you and I know each other quite well. We have shared probably more than a few wines and right. dinners yes. and... Uh, hilarious, hilarious um, interactions. Yes. Uh, so, I guess let's start us off by telling, telling us all a little bit about uh, your background and uh, in dietetics. Okay. Well, actually, you know, I was thinking earlier today how how we had how you and I had come to be friends, and I distinctly remember, um, I think through Australian Dietitian Interest Group email, seeing your like footer and you know wondering what Ripe was all about, and then looking and going, oh my goodness, she's so amazing, and <laughs> I think emailing you out of the blue, maybe about a client. And, you know, beautiful thing that the internet is, it all sort of went from there. Um, yeah, so, you know, fangirling, so cool. <laughs> um, so my background, I've been a dietitian um, or I came to dietetics somewhat late. So I had done a hospitality management degree in the, you know, early 90s when hospitality was the way of the future. <laughs> and... All the way through that course, just going, mm, no, no, don't want that job. Mm, not sure what I'm doing here. Had to do industry experience and worked in a club and, you know, met my husband out of it. But all the way going, I don't know what I'm actually doing this degree for. And the things that really stood out for me that I really enjoyed were um, the nutrition and the microbiology sort of food science sort of stuff. So, um, and I, like I said, the husband, you know, mentioned that was relevant because he was studying physio and I think that sort of sparked my thoughts to allied health and I'd grown up in a family that was really keen on food like food quality and um, just cooking and enjoying food and my grandfather was a dairy technologist so there are a few things that sort of came together um, could have ended up being a chef not a dietitian I suppose but yeah I went back to the uni that I did hospitality at and they said look um I think I want to be a dietitian and I spoke to the nutrition lecturer that I'd had and I said, but I don't want to do undergrad study again. And so he cobbled together this postgrad degree, um, which gave me the under the basics to study dietetics. And so long story short, which I'm really bad at, um, I ended up studying at Sydney Uni, met some really lovely people, came to the end of that degree and went, I think I've done something terrible. Uh, this is not what I want to do either. <laughs> I can't imagine telling people what to eat. I wouldn't do what I was told. Um, yeah, I, I sort of did my clinical placements and I, I had these, you know, like slightly dissociative moments of like, mm -hmm. seriously, this guy's just, mm -hmm. gonna, he's just had a heart attack. Why do I care how big the steak is? Like, you know, like... Mm -hmm. Mm. this doesn't seem appropriate like this isn't the place where someone's going to change their behavior but I didn't I just thought I wasn't very good at it so when I graduated I sort of ran away from it a little bit and I worked um, on a medication compliance program in a call center oh uh, I know I know, oh. I know. And, I, and because I'd been working the whole time through uni and I was a little bit older they employed a lot of new grads but they employed me as like a sort of you know, semi-managerial role. <laughs> the, the old yeah, lady in the managerial. Yeah, right, right. I think I was, you know, 
26. So <laughs> I know, 26, maybe 27. And I worked there for a couple of years. And then I um, started a small private practice. Um, but yeah, then jumped from there to working as a sales rep and like selling nutrition products in hospitals and, um, you know, pharmacy, that sort of stuff. So you and stepped up stepped up from the call centre then? I know, I know. I, I consider my current work, you know, sort of my mea culpa, please forgive me for those <laughs> years. Of, yeah. But anyway, so they were, they were both sort of fun jobs for their time. And, and then I had my first child and I took maternity leave and I was going to go back part-time. And in that time I was off, they changed the whole management structure and there was no longer part-time roles. So I went back full-time. It was a rep. You know, my, I'm sure the statute of limitations is up. I did not work very hard when I went back. Um, <laughs> so I'm going air quotes full-time. But I couldn't, I couldn't sort of stay anymore. So I was there for about 12 to 18 months. And it occurred to me in that time actually, so, yeah, it occurred to me I had a qualification and I could go and work actually as a dietitian with actual humans. And then really probably serendipitous thing was, you know, if any other dietitians have had babies um, or are pregnant, you know, the worst thing you can possibly imagine as a dietitian is that your child will be a fussy eater. Uh, oh, I'm sure actually there's plenty of worse things that you can imagine, but that's going to be up there as annoying. And... Um, of course, my first child wasn't really, you know, following my dietetic guidelines. Oh, what? And I know, I know. She wasn't interested in anything orange particularly. I have a notebook that still won't take orange food. <laughs> so embarrassing. <laughs> you kept <laughs> notes? Beautiful, uh, uh, not with any of the other children, but only no. the first child. <laughs> little diary notes. Gives you know. us a little insight into your life as a first-time parent. Yeah, yeah, I fed child. I don't think she's even been weighed. But anyway, whatever. No weights, no measures. She'll be right. Yeah, and um, she is okay, except for you did just tell me that she is petrified of Elf on the Shelf. She's so. petrified of Elf on the Shelf, and I put it in her room last night. And <laughs> she, anyway, mea culpa again. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, she's yeah. so scared of it. So some, something's really gone awry in her childhood development. Clearly, so fearful she finds the whole thing creepy and I don't blame her. It looks sideways and <laughs> it's freakish and I don't like it either. But, hey, thanks, friends. They gave it to me. Ugh. They forced it upon me. But anyway, so my first child was a little bit of a – she was just yeah, – I look back now and I go, she actually just knew what she wanted and it wasn't yes. what I was doing and I needed to chill the hell out. And she made me do that. And at the same time, somebody suggested I read – Secrets, um, no, Child of Mine by Ellen Satter. And I seriously remember just like out loud going, oh, I'm okay. This is like, like I'm not wrong. I can be a dietitian like this. Because the whole time I'd been working and thinking, I just don't take nutrition seriously enough for a dietitian. Like it's not like surely people just, you know, just eat the things. What's going like, you know, people would ask, how much bread can I have? And I'd go, how much are you hungry for? Like, what are you going to put in it? How much have you already had? What do you like? And that just felt like not being a proper dietitian. And then I read um, Ellen Satter's book and that sort of opened my eyes to this, this idea of like 
unfortunately, a lot of us um, in our work making things worse for people, mm. you know, instructing and educating and telling and finger wagging. And, and it was like everything that I knew in my gut that was wrong about which was what I didn't want to do. And there it was in a book to say, you don't have to do this. And I was like, fantastic. So, yeah, I'm sure I'm not the first person on your podcast that has said that Ellen Satter saved them for, for dietetics. <laughs> oh, yeah. Do you know, I think between, between Ellen Satter's variety of books and um, intuitive eating, I think those two books... Oh, for or sure. The, ..or the authors of those two books have single-handedly saved at least 10% of the dietetic workforce. Oh, for sure. Well, because so I, read, I read her work and I sort of still didn't really have a way of um, formalising it yeah. in my own practice, but it actually just gave me that like headspace and ability to even consider that this was an okay way to work. Like it was okay not to tell people, which I'd sort of been doing anyway, but just like feeling bad about it. Um, mm. And like people would divulge this like really personal and traumatic stuff, and I would go, "What am I supposed to do with?" that like I can't how many slices of bread you know after somebody's told you something super traumatic and you're going to talk tell them a palm-sized piece of meat mm. like it was just they just don't you know what happens in your room in front of you like if you're truly listening and present just doesn't line up with how we trained at all so so yeah I think from there um like I was still seeing general just anyone who walked in the door so from Ellen's work, then I think I found Rick Kausman's work. Yep. And then I found, um, I think, so I was sort of really toddling down that non-diet approach. Like I think his, his work was the first work I read that actually gave a name to it. Um, and from there I sort of can't quite recall how I found health at every size, but... I think Kerry Beak was actually one of the first people I, I actually spoke to and said, okay, so, so you can do this thing and, and, and work in this way, like completely weight neutral, like it was like mind blown. So that um, probably is the transition I went from having done that stock standard dietetic training that we all do Knowing that it wasn't quite, didn't quite gel with what my own lived experience was and how I ate and how people I knew who, what I thought ate normally ate and how much thought they gave to, you know, nutrition and the, you know, ins and outs of that. And to, so via Rick Kaufman, via Linda Bacon's work. Yeah, my child. <laughs> no, I know. Isn't that funny though? Children are such little, teachers like there's I remember saying like they're just little zen monkeys you know I remember saying to one of them actually it's probably the oldest one Grace as well like she was driving me crazy you are really annoying me and she just looked at me and she was carrying on like a poor child and she goes no I'm not you're annoying yourself oh <gasps> what <laughs> go to sleep <laughs> and then I just sat on the couch was like going oh my god what just happened <laughs> Yes, I am annoying myself because it's my expectations that are being met, but that's what needs to change. Mm -hmm. My expectations, you're four. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so her way of eating took me down this pathway. Um, yeah. 
and that's the and that's how I work now. And you know, in my in my private practice and in my employment, I work in this you know weight neutral, non diet, client centered way. Yeah, in your private practice, that's how you work. And oh yes, yes, which brings us very neatly to um to the full full range of your <laughs> employment Susan. <laughs> it's okay it's, it's all above board oh, listeners. it's okay it's there's no tassels over. involved it's fine no um yes yes so so look I started yeah <laughs> where do we start uh, I started where? my well look I started my private practice um it's actually 10 years ago now so and it's grown and shrunk along and it's changed alongside you know my personal life you know more children less work another child a bit less work a few people working for me don't do that anymore um and then probably well it's a bit over it's a bit over a year now yeah or 18 months ago now there was this our one of our, our major local hospital um decided to um start or a family obesity service oh that word hurts mm. um yeah but I, that's what it's called and um talking to the head of dietetics uh just you know in, in, a, in a group of other dietitians and she said oh you know I, I think you should apply for this role and I said oh, I, I think that would be a really bad idea I don't think you want my Narky brand of weight neutral non diet approach health at every size, you know, in your environment. I just didn't see how it could work. Um, and she said, No, 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 we're really keen to have a non diet um, voice and presence. And I, I just still, I, yeah, I still sort of, I wasn't quite sure whether I would or whether that was a good idea or if it could be done. But I applied anyway and um, ended up and apparently it was quite controversial and so the, the interview process was quite long and the arguing afterwards apparently was, was quite long. And, but I eventually I did get the role um, and I job share with another dietitian and, and now a, a third dietitian has come on. And, um, yeah, so I've been there a year now. And it's it's pretty challenging, mm. to put it mildly, mm. um, because it's certainly it's it's I'm I'm weight neutral and I'm non diet, but the service is not, um, and that really was sort of my understanding at the start. I actually thought it would be. Um, really health focused or had the potential to be really health focused and weight neutral and and quite an innovative um service you know really looking after the health needs of people in larger bodies um and look i guess realistically a public funded um service has Lots of yeah, lots yeah, of that's right. Posh, isn't there? Hmm. There are, there are, and in its own way, it's innovative. Um, it's a multidisciplinary service, so there are antenatal services, so 
um, child uh, paediatric services and um, an adult service. So there's medical professionals, dietitians, so endocrinologists are the medical professionals, dietitians, physios, um, psychologists, and I'm probably the loudest and narkiest weight neutral voice in the service. Um, and that's, you know, I, I, you can't play nice. <laughs> because you know the the weight centric voices um and pressure is extraordinarily strong um you know and you know getting anything done in a team is like you know or it's like you know the, that saying around committees you know things take a long time to change so um my my role there as i see it is is in activism really i see clients directly um but my main role is to be calling out the flaws in way or the the drawbacks or the things that aren't quite included or are actively excluded in weight focused research Mm -hmm. um yeah to really sort of bring up that um the understanding of weight stigma and bias and how that affects the health of someone who does live in a larger body in this culture that's so focused on thinness above all else Mm -hmm. or as the solution for all health ills. Mm -hmm. Um, And, yeah, it's it's been challenging. It's actually been, it's it's considered almost a bit controversial and and potentially cultish. Oh, here goes Susan again. Um, (laughs) And oh god, you know, here she is replying to an email and being all you know narky. Um, But that's my, I, I see this is necessary. Like you can't just sort of, you know, as much as it'd be nice to have regular employment, take the super to take their holiday pay and the annual leave. My, my intent for being there was actually to strengthen that um, weight neutral voice and potentially um, because it is a publicly funded service and it's um, a bit of a cross pollination between university um, primary health network and the hospital so there is that potential for research and you know I what I would really like to see is that you know we we contribute to the, um, the research that actually looks at the impact of health behaviors not just weight loss because you know that sort of research isn't done enough you know it's really hard to find something that you know you've got a group of people who undertake a certain change in their health behavior and you look at the health outcomes and you want you know, you look at another group of people and, you know, the, the, so the weight changes or it doesn't change. We, we just don't seem to have like a, a vast reserve of that research that says, well, it's actually, it is actually the weight loss or it mm. is actually the health behaviours, mm. um, you know. And, and to be able to understand how to criti- critically analyse um, right. the, these pieces of, of research and being able yeah, to yeah. apart what's relevant, what's irrelevant and how it all gets muddied by assumptions and biases that we're That's making. That's right. The research and, in the first you know, or, the, or there's this group of people who have very low levels of internalised weight bias. You know, mm. what's the effect of this intervention on their health, you know, yeah. or, and then there's, you know, so we just, there's a real opportunity, I think. But, um, yeah, there's, 
there's been arguments, <laughs> there's mm. been meetings, yeah. there's been, um, you know, trying to actually, I think it's, it's it is, I mean, I, I remember that sort of sense of, you know, your own, like all of our own dietetic training and, and weight loss very, very, features very, very strongly throughout, you know, I think all, all areas of um, medical nutrition therapy in a way like, you know, heart disease and high cholesterol and diabetes and, you know, all sorts of things, portion control and fat content and all of, all of that, like reductions in energy intake. But we've been doing this for so long and it's not actually, we're not seeing a healthier population. No. So, or a thinner population, you know, even if you just want to look at the weight. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there has to. My sense really is there has to be something else. There has to be another alternative, and and we know from the research that you know people don't seem to maintain weight loss. So why are we putting through? Why are we putting people through this over and over again on the public purse? Is the other thing. You so know? exactly. So I'm curious to understand what is your services? Um, what is their mandate? Like what are they okay. really? Here well, we go. How, how long has it been since you've worked in the public sector, Fee? <laughs> uh, forever. I don't think I ever have. I was talking okay. to a girlfriend the other night and I was saying, you know, we're a year in and we really probably haven't got a good, strong, um, solid sense of our service model. Right. Um, and, and, our, and our outcomes and our, you know, our desired outcomes for clients. You know, that's everything happens really slowly in the public mm -hmm. sector. It takes a really, really long time. And she laughed at me and I was like, we're a year in. And she goes, oh, my God, I've been working my service for seven years. So she works in a cancer care. She's not a dietitian. She's a nurse. And she said, we're still refining things. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so I should just cool my jets then, should I? She goes, yeah, a little. Um, I mean, there it is. Uh, what that was, I mean, that's the other thing is I, I want a whole lot of really um, like non-weight measures, you know, quality of life outcomes, yeah, that sort of thing. Sure. You know? And all that, you know, that biochemistry change that, that can be, you know, affected by, by lifestyle interventions um, or increased physical activity or fitness or kind of self-talk or more fruit and veg or whatever it might be. You know, the sorts of things that people actually tend to do when they're trying to become healthier how does that change if we're not focused on weight? Yes. You know, how does that, what, do, what does that change if we're not focused on weight? And how sustained is it if we're not focused on weight? So, yeah. Or if yeah, we could uh, even just leave it out of the next five conversations, that would be a good start. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Well, I'm, I'm really curious to understand, Susan, um, how have because I know you really well and yes, you're, you're very, very passionate. You're extremely smart. Um, you present, oh, you always, you always <laughs> present your case really, really well. And I know, I mean, both of us have learnt uh, steep lessons in diplomacy from the wonderful Fiona Willer, queen oh, of diplomacy. Incredible. I know. I tend to get a bit, uh, oh look, I haven't been. I, I have to say, yes, I may have learnt those lessons from Fee, but I don't know that I've necessarily implemented them. Yeah. How do you think? I'm. I if if you asked me about like me and confront, I one you know we've all got our stories about ourselves. I would say I avoid confrontation. Apparently, I don't mm. that much though. Um, and maybe, I don't know if it's maybe just getting you, older. Well, and I 
just I think that's what I was saying at the beginning. Like you can't not that you can't that you can't play nice. Like it's mm, it, mm. you can't well and that's probably a poor phrase, but you can't keep quiet. That's my that's thing. It's like because yeah. I figure as uncomfortable as it is for me to raise these things over and over again to you know actually cop it back from another health professional well they do have to lose weight susan really do they because like what are we going to do kick them out i don't think so um Mm. my discomfort is insignificant in comparison to the discomfort of someone in our culture living in a larger body who is constantly constantly judged constantly um harassed and you know treated as a second-class citizen by medical professionals or by the general community or feels like there are places where they are just not even welcome because they can't even sit down there's mm-hmm. no even a chair yeah. like manufacturers of clothes don't make clothes for them like that these things tell you, you, you don't deserve to exist. So like I compare my discomfort to that and I go, Oh, harden up Susan, get in there. Um, because, you know, unless you've actually got, um, a seat at the table, nothing changes. So uh, <laughs> every yeah. Tuesday with my, my days are Monday, Tuesday, every Tuesday I go, right, that's it. This is crap. I'm out of here. I can't stand this anymore. Yeah. And then I go, Oh, it's all right. You know, get back in there. Um, and I love the clients. Like, I love the clients. Yeah. People are just incredible. So, yeah, people's resilience. Oh. And, um, you know, if they weren't uh, persistent and uh, brave and, uh, you know, wanting to, on some level, take care of themselves yes. with you know, within the capabilities that are actually available to them yeah, in yep. life as it is, then they wouldn't even be at your service. Oh, for sure. You know? For sure. So, um, yeah, so I, I just, you know, some of the things, and, and you would be in the same situation and probably a lot of the dietitians listening, like some of the things people tell you, you're like, oh, I know. are you, how are you even here still? Yeah, I know. I know. You know, and to be, you know, to be told that, you know, probably that you're lazy or, you know, to, you know, um here i can't imagine feeling like i'm being told i'm stupid like being on the receiving end of air quotes education yeah again and again and again all these assumptions uh which just drive me mental um and uh, but yeah i guess that's there's that internalized weight stigma again well i've done this to myself and um you know yeah maybe there is something i'm missing so i i i'm i'm in awe actually of a lot of the people that 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 we see um, with just the traumatic sort of stuff they've dealt with and not even big traumas, like just the, the constant berating really and the constant, yeah. you know, you should lose weight, you should lose weight, you should lose weight. Well, the, the trauma, there's no doubt at all. That Micro traumas. Yeah. yeah. The, the traumas of living, well, as a human being in our world is one yeah. level of trauma and then there's the trauma of uh, being female or oh, the trauma yes. of not, yeah. not yeah. relating to being female or male, the binary, um, yeah. the trauma of um, living in a larger body. Oh, my goodness me. So many. But, yeah, so the, I guess, I yeah. But do you know the experience? I think you were going to say before about like how have I, how have I presented myself? Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's it's almost the experience I feel sometimes is it's like it's talking a different language. Yeah. You know, like has, I, I can't be the only one who's watched um, Stranger Things, but 
you know, I sort oh, of feel like yeah. I'm in. Like, I think I'm a bit. I'm in the upside it. down. Oh, it's scary. Like I have to watch is it, it through my fingers. Yeah. Oh. But there's okay. this parallel universe, which is really, 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 really awful, and that's called the upside down. And I that's sort of what pops into my head when I think of like working in this really weight focused environment. It's like I'm in the upside down. Like everything sort of looks the same. But it's all a bit awful. <laughs> oh, and people can't hear yes. you in the other side. <laughs> oh. So it's just, I mean, I've had that experience like working one-on-one with clients, you know, like yes. what actually ends up on the plate or what you do as activities of self-care or health behaviour. They're the same in, in weight-focused as they are, well, maybe not all of them, but very often they're, they're very much the same. You know, it might be more vegetables or it might be just, you know, planning and organising. But when it's weight-focused, mm. it comes with that sense of like it's slightly punitive mm-hmm. where if it's like health care-focused, it's freeing. So, you know, I didn't... Uh, and I think it's a difference between it being um, weight-focused feels very intellectualized and feels very up in your head yes. whereas um, non-diet is all about um, reconnecting with the wisdom of our body so it's so it's that sense of integration between yes them. absolutely so we're not absolutely people, you know to, to ignore nutrition information or you know to just eat whatever whenever in fact it's the opposite it's it's being able to integrate um, our sense of what is a good fit for us at any one time and oh for sure and that's that's the um that's the thing i think that's been hard to to get across in this role is that non-dieted approach or health at every size approach isn't like throwing your hands in the air and going fuck it i'm just gonna sit on the couch and eat all the things yeah and hey if that's what you want to do not how to you because your body your rules right do whatever you want but you know because on a day that'll be a (laughs) self-care totally but it is about checking in and being the expert and tuning in and saying what's right for me right now yeah um and that i just that's what does my head how is that controversial Absolutely. And it's also what you're alluding to there, Susan, is it's not passive. Um, you know, that that's one thing. Oh, that God, get, no. You know, is one of the criticisms is it? it's a passive approach. Like you say, it's a, it's a do nothing or throw your hands up in the air. And I always say, my gosh, I've never kind of worked so hard, but at the same time felt so fulfilled in my life. It's actually really hard work because you're pushing your kind of pushing shit uphill really oh and it's swamped and surrounded by you know every every facet of the world is focused on people sculpting their body controlling their body you know micromanaging their body and if you're not doing that and you know 99 percent of the input that you get is that you should be doing that if you're trying to step away and go, do you know, just shush, 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 I need to listen to my body, yeah. that's really hard. Like, you know, anyone that's got a couple of kids that's got that noisy household that's just like, hang on a second, I just, I just need to hear my own thoughts. Like, yes. imagine that, but yeah. Yeah. that's not even, you know, that's everywhere, every ad on the radio, every TV commercial, like, and show, and 
your health provider and, you know, can't walk down the centre of a shopping centre without a gym person attacking you and wanting you to join up, yeah. but only if you're in a larger body, you know. So it, it, it's different. It isn't, it isn't passive at all. And no. the easy option is to actually go back into diet mindset and wake focus because it feels familiar. Yes. And although it's awful, it, it's sort of like it, it makes sense. And doing it differently is is difficult. I also think that a lot of people experience it as um, quote unquote doing something so that they can um, oh yes you know kind of perform the act Tick a box being seen to be doing something but totally. at the same time just feeling so hideously trapped by the whole thing and um, unhappy sad angry and everything probably everything in between all of the things yeah yeah plus also acknowledging that there's a little bit of um you know there there will be moments of elation there but that it's not really deep-seated down in your bones elation that's right exactly exactly oriented and the fear that's what sits on the other side of the elation. Ah, uh, yes. Like if the elation comes around, you know, oh, something fits, you know, if it is around weight change or body shape change, it's the equal and opposite reaction. Like there's the fear of, oh, what if it doesn't stay? Yes. What if it changes back? And so it's tarnished, mm-hmm. it's tainted. So, yeah, like, you know, like with this, with this, my hospital work, um, I think part of the part of the difficulty in in forming up really sort of strong service model stuff and and you know solidly I mean you know there's there are I think there's probably some small wins you know like like getting just some of the research read <laughs> yes um, but is that and it's a reflection of oh gosh I don't know really but we are inundated the referrals they've got wait, the waiting list is phenomenal so the criteria for inclusion into the service is going to just get tighter and tighter and tighter and by that i mean higher and higher and higher bmis so you know in a way or it's it's been running a year and probably can't quite find the our feet yet so and i just sort of think wow you know this is if we if we can't embed some some non diet stuff in this and some client centeredness in this motivational interviewing that way of working with people so we actually strengthen and empower people out of this yeah I just dread to think the damage you know so that's what keeps me going in every Monday yeah. except today I'm taking annual leave today this <laughs> <laughs> week is the last week of school for my kids and nice. that's crazy so I'm taking some days off um yeah so that's my that's my goal there is to actually i I, i'm probably calm down a little bit and you know realize it won't be a haze service but you know that damage control we've yeah that's right and actually probably had some input so we've been able to change language um on some of the publications and um include some uh, nods to in the development of intuitive eating skills and yeah so they they seem like to me it's there's there's sort of very strong parallels with eating disorder work yeah. my i'm i didn't think i was but i'm a bit of a bullet gate and i think things should change and they should change now should just get let's go let's go 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 and um you know that's not how any of this work happens so 
this has been my like lesson is you know this these sorts of changes in philosophy whether it's organizational or personal take time and they're risky and people need to sort of test the waters a little bit and they need to go away and think about it and come back and ask questions and I guess that's sort of where we are um I've had some funny conversations with with the doctors in the service about me needing to um, maybe attend conferences that put me outside my comfort zone. Oh, I was like, no, 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 I came from I there. Come, That's, yeah, I, I started there. <laughs> well, yeah, what are you talking about? I'm out of it now. But like this idea of, you know, that I've come to a weight neutral standpoint in my work through by accident. Uh, no, mm, no. Mm. I've actually challenged myself and educated and informed and looked very widely and I am very very solidly grounded in this and there is no going back you know you can't come I well I don't think I've ever come across anyone who used to behave and then wasn't (laughs) because it's so broad like and it goes beyond a person's you know physical health it's their spiritual social health justice um so it's a real societal um viewing approach anyway so it's a very humanistic humanistic it, approach it, it is so I, I i said you know might have i don't know i can't remember now but i, I respectfully disagree that i need to go outside <laughs> my comfort zone because i've been outside that's where yeah. i started like you know, that was my comfort zone and it was no longer my comfort zone and I needed an alternative and here I am now and I'm working in a way that I was employed to work and, you know, this is why I'm here. So. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. I can just imagine the inner dialogue as, as these people were saying to you, you need to step outside your comfort zone and maybe go to a few conferences. Like I need to go to Osans. Oh, face desk. Like, where's the gym? Seriously. <laughs> is there a mini bar here? Like, is this a, like a oh. joke? And I said, oh, I'll go to Beta. <laughs> yeah. Send me to New York, Send baby. Send me to New York. Exactly. I'll go there. Uh, yeah, no, thanks. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a challenge and I'm there now. I've had a few friends go, well, Susan, it's, it's been a year already because I think I said I'll give it six months. Okay. I'll give it 12 months yep. and I'm there now. So we'll give it another, we'll take it six months at a time. Yeah. It's, it's probably a good idea because as you, as you've experienced things can shift and change a little, but yes. um, you know, you're reflecting that it takes time. And from speaking with you regularly over the past year, it seems as though you've had some really interesting opportunities to attend different events and to have conversations with Uh, people who are quite influential. So, you know, those opportunities that others don't don't come for just Mm. a little dietitian in a little private practice. (laughs) So, yeah, I know. I was recently on a, a group of speakers for a preconception nutrition talk um and you know everyone was professor 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 doctor doctor professor associate professor and mrs susan williams i know and like leading experts in their field and i'm like huh oh okay sure um but you know it was an opportunity to talk to a group of health professionals about yes preconception nutrition and i'm pretty much you can all google that like you know there's a lot that's Mm -hmm. not quite established yet Uh, the thing that's really important is 
the difficulty of actually putting this into place and especially on the background of a dieting history. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that was, I think a good opportunity. Um, and yeah, there have been some really good opportunities too. Because I mean, talking about preconception nutrition as an example, Mm. um, one example of many that it's all very well and good to have uh, nutrition guidelines and to have, um, you know, best practice and yada, yes. yada, yada but you put all that and overlay that on a history of chronic dieting disordered eating or an eating disorder oh, for sure and you've got a totally different picture there and i think this is where um we're health at every size you know and the non-diet approach really seeks to bridge that bridge absolutely that gap, you know? like i sort of said in summing up i said you know in a way the way i i mean the the advice around preconception nutrition if anyone's really interested it's a nutrient-dense diet, you know, like mm. it's not rocket science. There are no, probably some sure. things that are slightly more important in that period. But if you've had a lifelong comfortable relationship with food and you've had a really sound food supply and variety, you're going to be fine. Um, however, I said we're reaping what we have sown. For so long we have made food all about kilojoules or calories and health has been all about thinness. And so we've got this huge food supply of really nutrient deplete but low in energy foods like low fat or low sugar or, you know, people smash a packet of rice crackers because, hey, it's got no fat. It's got nothing else. So in a way, like if we're seeing people with nutrient deficiencies that relate to their, you know, that put them at risk in that preconception period, well, how, do, how are we not going to? given how we've talked about food and bodies for the last 50 years. Mm. You know, how, yep. how is this not what's going to come to pass? So when you sort of step back and go, okay, let's look about what's actually healthful for someone, if we make it not about their weight, well, yeah, it actually really prioritises nutrition. It makes nutrition and the nutrients in food really important. You know, but not from a dieting perspective. From a, these are the magical things these things give you. Yes. You know, wow, we actually get to be reverent about food like we might have been in the past rather than fearful of it. Um, and then, and, and not just reverent, but respectful. Yes. So we're less wasteful and we take care and we prioritize feeding ourselves well. And yeah, that's, that's to me the, from a food perspective anyway, the nuts and bolts of, of the non-diet approach and, and health at every size, you know, that, that you can choose to do this because it's important to you. Yeah. And you're important to you. It also, um, the thing that I love about it too, is it seeks to really reach those who are most vulnerable. So yes. those who, yes. um, you know, those who may not enjoy um, great, quote unquote, health for reasons yes. of whether that's um, cultural stigma or yep. whether that's um, uh, due to being marginalised or low SES or fucking any life oh, stuff, anything. You know, anything. I, I told you, I, I told you think about the, we had a public health, we had a public meeting the other week and um, I was on the, <laughs> the, reluctantly, on the stage, they wanted me to do a, nutri- a cooking demo. I was like, no, um, I'm not going to oh, do that. Stuff. Oh make God. rice paper rolls no i'm not going to do that oh um God. i said i will talk about how to like you know this is me sort of straddling both camps in a way because like i didn't have the microphone all afternoon but i had like 
five of five out of fifteen minutes probably. Um, I'm going to talk about how the things I would use to conveniently add more vegetables in. Like I thought, if I've got five minutes, we'll go with that because I probably can't talk about stigma and privilege. Yeah, anyway, mama. so yeah, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> Give me a microphone and lock the doors. Yes. But, um, but yeah, so like I did that, and there was a. a PT and he was doing some exercise stuff and so I was oh yeah I saw that picture that was hilarious <laughs> so well you know I'll take one for the team yeah. but what it, what really occurred to me later was you know there was this um uh an Aboriginal woman at the beginning did a welcome to country and it was beautiful and she sang and she spoke in language oh, wow. and it was so moving and so powerful and she was talking about you know we can we can address all these statistics and these health measures, these biochemistry. and But until we address the intergenerational sadness, our lack of connection to country, um, all these other like really foundational and fundamental stuff, like this isn't going to get better for everyone. Mm. And it was that sense of, you know, we the level, the playing field's not level. Mm. You know, like one of the people spoke about how he manages to stay fit and he was like, well, you know, you have to be selfish Oh, uh, so he gets up please. at five thirty every morning to, you know, to go before he goes to his executive full-time job. I was thinking, well, you know, so what if you're working two jobs and you don't finish till eleven o'clock at night and you're pregnant with your fifth child? And yeah. so when when do you get to be selfish? So it was just this lack of understanding of privilege. Yeah, it, oh, it was so it was infuriating because I just thought, you know, thankfully the audience was not large, but it would have been so demoralizing for someone in that audience had yeah. they not had the capacity to be selfish, you yes. know, to get up and go for a run or go for a swim or ride their bike. Like, sorry, what if you don't own a bike? Yeah. And I just thought, wow, wow. That was just really excluding mm-hmm. a lot of people potentially there. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, that just, I just thought, wow, this is this is what we really these social determinants of health. This is what we need to be addressing, and mm-hmm. you know, and and highlighting for someone, you know, these all these messages that you hear that you you haven't been able to implement. That's not your fault. No. That's actually because all of these things get in your way, and those messages are really not actually written for you. Mm-hmm. They're written by twenty-five-year-old dietitians who haven't had their apple cart upside down yet through no fault of their own no it's right you know like so yeah like we've got Mm. so much work to do to genuinely as health professionals you know that's why we all go into it but to to actually make things better for people genuinely for everyone across the board not not just the the acai bowl set no I think that's the, how you say it. Is that how you say it? A sigh. I don't like yes, it. It is no. I don't like ah, it. Either. It's a so sigh. Some of these, a lot of these superfoody type things. I just the first time I tried kale, I thought to myself, "Poo! Fuck! Is everyone going on about this? Is just tastes disgusting." It's. It, do you know when I've had uh, it? It was. I did a cooking. Uh, here's my privilege. Did a cooking class with an Italian lady who has a restaurant um, locally, and she. It wasn't kale. It was cavallonero. Anyway. Boiled it with potato, fried it in a pan in olive oil, garlic, chili, and salt. Oh, well, there you go. Magic. There and served it with go. like this really oily, tomatoey, meaty yeah, sauce. Well, so the bitterness of it like cut right through. And it was like, oh, yeah, that's how you have it. You don't oh. smoothie the shit out of it. That's for sure. <laughs> Watch out for your thyroid people. But 
Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. You add the salt and then. Yeah. Hey, magic and magic yeah, yeah. um so <laughs> i wanted to um invite you susan to tell us a little bit about a, a, a quote-unquote adventure that you had <laughs> last week <laughs> <laughs> so i you know here am i I'm, I've, I've often thought i wonder why no one ever talks to me about diets like because every now and then like in my work it, it happens and i and they talk about weight and it catches me by surprise and then i sort of realize I've probably really just ear bashed all of my good friends <laughs> with all of my body positive stuff and weight neutral and the injustice of the weight focused approach and so the poor things they've probably bullied just them all into silence. yeah I know I know exactly but anyway it turns out maybe I haven't bullied them into silence but one of one of my friends messaged me the other day and she goes you're in my head and sent me a photo of this sign from a gym and it was, you know, the very stock standard, very, very large, fat-bodied man standing in front of a mirror looking at a ripped, shredded version of himself. Oh, please. And it was yep, like for yep. a local gym. And Got it said, it. I couldn't quite read the message across the top, but it was something about like weight loss. And then it was inviting people to come and try three free days with the gym. She goes, this sign's been sitting outside like this cafe along the local river walk and it's fucking giving me the shits. It's been here for three weeks. Rah, 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 rah. So I messaged back and I said, kill it with fire. Anyway, then we sort of joked back and forth that we could, you know, put a sign up over the top of it. And, and then a day or two later, she goes, I just get this text message. So that was on Facebook messenger. So this text message was completely unrelated. And she goes, I think we can do this. And I was like, uh, what are you talking what? about? Did you accidentally you mean text me instead like of your husband? Nighttime. Well, and we, we had come to the point that we were going to, you know, in our, in our Facebook messaging conversation, we were going to have, you know, as a ninja nighttime activist, mum's gone wild, mum's got the shits, hashtag mum's got the shits. <laughs> um, anyway, so she, I wrote back, what do you mean? Nighttime activism or ninja activism? And she wrote back, yeah. So we're like, Okay. Oh, awesome. <laughs> so I went down to my local fabric um, shop and bought three meters of calico and some fabric pens and made a sign three meters by about two meters um, that says, your weight is not your worth. Oh, my and God. I love it. I know. Awesome. And at 10 o'clock at night, <laughs> she comes around the corner of my street and we jump in her car and we go down and the, the big gym sign's not there anymore. <laughs> oh. Damn it. But we put it up anyway and um, we thought, you know, this, this is a really popular walking um, spot. Yeah. And like hundreds of people would walk every day. It's this really beautiful spot. It's a, it's a, it's flat. It's, it's footpathed. So it's, it's quite nicely accessible. And so we put this big sign up awesome. um, along the fence and drove away in the middle of the night. Oh, did you feel just so? Uh, we were laughing so hard. Like we were just, you know, that giggle, giggle, giggle that you have when you're doing something a bit sort of slightly on the edge. Um, but, yeah, so we've decided that there's plenty of other opportunities because, like, our local council partnered with New South Wales Health 
fabulously, not, that's my sarcasm, to print the amount of calories a person would burn if they walked a certain length of this walk. So On the path? On the path. (gasps) And do you know what? The funny thing is the people that I know that walk along this path haven't actually seen it. They've not noticed it. They've walked over the top of it. Oh, really? Where is it? I haven't seen it. My clients with eating disorders, they've all seen it and they are like oh my god now I know how much and it's really really triggered them so of course I rang council and said you know this I I need to talk to the person who's responsible for this um and eventually spoke to her and she took my point but you know it hasn't changed so my friend Una and I who's a local yoga teacher we're going to make some lovely signs that you know draw people's attention to the beauty around them or oh, the yeah, amazing nice. stuff that's happening in their body while they're out in the, you know, the fresh air walking. So look out Penrith. There's a few a random acts of body positivity coming your way. Nice. The body positivity ninjas. The yeah. <laughs> Bopo ninjas. Bopo ninjas. Oh my God. That's your new hashtag. Oh my God. So I invite anyone because um, this same gym has some really dodgy signs leaving our local major shopping centre. So, um, you know, it's got like looking for something different and then it's got this two people in like active wear doing some quite strange poses. So I did consider that maybe you could put... What do they you, mean looking for something different? It's not I'm not different. actually sure. I was thinking it's I could try... It's just the same shit. Like, it is something. Is it is, that's it. right, exactly. I think it's quite expensive and... and, and Lux type of gym so what I thought was under the thing saying looking for something different I could possibly write try (laughs) self-compassion yes oh yes 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 yes. the opportunities are endless and I'm sure once you all who are listening look around your local environment you will see um you know there's a I think there's a local medical practice that has on their gym isogenics challenges oh awesome. so yeah and very oddly photoshopped you know beautiful stereotypically beautiful women in very very large pants holding out the waistband you know to indicate how oh, much weight yes, they might I have lost because that yeah. that's what happens yeah. right that's what happens oh. um so there are plenty of culprits and there's plenty of opportunities and i figure you know if, if we don't actually destroy the thing then it's not really vandalism no it's no, augmentation. It's, not, it's augmentation <laughs> of, the, of the best sort. I thought so. Oh, my Lord. That's hilarious. So I think, you know, what you're saying is that these acts of activism, especially if you can drag your friends in with you. Hey, she actually, made me She made me walk my walk. Yes. There's only so much you can get done by ranting. Yes. Ranting on Facebook. A lot. A lot. <laughs> yes. And... I guess that's an invitation to us all that there is a lot of just little things legal, by the way, legal. legal yeah. Make sure it's legal <laughs> and I'm not to be held accountable and I can't <laughs> bail can you do. out. <laughs> that we can do that really put our, our, um, I guess it's the teachings of um, health at every size into action and, and really put, lend your voice and your energy and your time behind cause because like we say you know you and I we're always off on a rant on Facebook Mm. but um, the trickier thing to do is to put yourself in situations which are uncomfortable which might feel risky um, but that that's actually part of the 
part of the calling, I guess. And I think too, <laughs> when you, you know, when you look at the breadth of um, what is sort of addressed in health at every size, it's actually, you know, and if, if that's truly your calling for, for the way you want to work as a health professional, it is about using your privilege. Yes. It is about acknowledging your privilege and either speaking where others can't if that's the case or making space for those people who have that experience of being marginalised to speak. Um, you know, and I figure, you know, I'm able-bodied. I'm reasonably financially, you know, I've got a car. I can go out in the middle of the night and put a sign up. Yeah. I can take my money to Spotlight and buy calico and pens. So... You know, that's not going to be for everyone. It may be that you have, you know, a conversation in a meeting or, you know, if you're a, you're a dietitian that works in a hospital and you get to do journal club, you bring a health at every size paper yeah, and you, nice. you know, yeah. put yourself at the end of that table with all your colleagues looking at you, <gasps> deep breath, butt clench, and you go for it. Yeah. You know, because you won't be the only one in the room that's had these thoughts. No. Um, and it's such an empowering thing to do, you know, when you do something difficult and the world, the sky does not fall in, um, that's really amazing. It is. Yeah. And, and it's also, it, it does, as I say, chip, chip, chip away. Absolutely. At, at um, you know, at, at making a really meaningful contribution to changing the language and changing, changing the landscape. Yeah. And, we, and we can do it when we, when we do it from a place of kindness and compassion, um, but with almost a, like a ferocity to it. I love it's, it. Know, feels, it feels like protecting your children. <laughs> yeah. Yep. 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 Mm -hmm. You're like, no, no, this is not happening yeah. and not on my watch. Yes. Well, we could talk ninja activism forever because uh, I, I imagine you've probably got the next activism. Well, I've got some. Um, I've got some coloured fabric markers now, Ooh. and so I know. <laughs> so I thought I could get my girls because they love craft, and it's about to be the school holidays to you know do some smiley faces, rainbows, and love hearts all over you know my my boring signs, and yes. so they can just make it all pretty, which nice. will make it more eye catching and feel friendly. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what we will do during the holidays. Yes. Drag. And you know what? That was actually, that's the interesting thing is I my, one of my kids who's eight, she was asking me about what I was doing and I was like, oh, you know, it's, it's a bit hard to explain and tried to fob her off. And there was just no way you can't fob her off. And so I showed her the original sign, this gym sign, and she just looked at it and said, oh, if you were really fat and you saw that sign, you'd feel really bad about yourself. Oh, bless her. Yeah. And I was like, far out. Mm, mm. Wow, from the she mouths of babes, right? Yeah, she And then, it. you know, and if you try and change yourself, then you won't be unique anymore. Oh, God bless her. I know, I know. She's, I don't know, this, she's had some sparkle dust over her somewhere along the line. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I think children do mm. get justice. Like they are, they're pretty black and white. Yeah. Um, yep. Yeah, so... And maybe that's the activism people can do in their own home. Yeah. You know? Like that's locally. Even those locally. conversations, how you can call out, you know, Peppa Pig for being fat shaming. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yes. Yes. Oh, Peppa's a shocker. 
I know. Poor Daddy Pig. Oh, poor Daddy Pig is just trying his best, for goodness sakes. Really is. No. Really is. But, yeah, it's, um, it's not, I guess it's not easy and um, people need to, as we ask of all of our clients, listen to their own body. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Or their own safety. Start there. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Susan, it's been such a pleasure. Thanks, uh, Yes, it's, um, it's always uh, fun and exciting having a chat with you. And um, please keep us in touch on the, uh, on the Mindful Dietitian on the Facebook group about your ninja activities. And I should share the photos from the other totally night on there. I, I definitely say, will do that. Could you do that? That would I be would definitely amazing. do that. Um, because, can... yes, the podcast will be up very shortly and then that can be... Uh, yeah, people can actually yeah. hear about this. Okay, awesome. I will definitely do that. Excellent. <laughs> Thanks so much, Susan. All right, you have a great afternoon. You too. Bye. Bye. Well, that's our episode of the Mindful Dietitian interview series for today. Thank you so much to our wonderful guest and to you for listening. I really hope you enjoyed it. Just a reminder that you can find me over on the website www.themindfuldietitian.com.au and please join actually quite a large group of wonderful and enthusiastic dietitians on the closed Facebook group, The Mindful Dietitian. The music you hear is called Happiness from Ben Sound, used under the Creative Commons license. Have a great day, everyone. Mm -hmm.